Welcome to the Denker Capital Podcast, where our highly experienced team of in-depth thinkers and other experts share their insights on a range of investment-related topics. In this podcast, we have conversations about developments in South African and global markets and what these may mean for investors. We analyze specific stocks and sectors and explore general themes relating to the fundamental principles that underpin sound investment decisions in an ever-changing world. Welcome, everybody, to the latest in the series of Denker Capital Podcasts with me, Nigel Barnes. And today is the 8th of July, 2021, and I'm very pleased to be joined by four members of the Denker Capital Investment Team, Claude Van Kaik, Jan Menkes, Lindsay Springhall, and Madelet Sessions. Morning, guys. I'm going to ask the three portfolio managers in the group the same broad question. The focus of today is to look at the performance of each of your funds for the first half of 2021. So I'd ask you just to give us a brief overview and any comment there around how the funds, how your particular funds have performed. And then just a quick few comments on how you're positioned right now and any thoughts for the next few months. Lindsay Springall is our portfolio risk and research analyst. And we'll come to you, Lindsay, at the end, because I'd like you to give us a quick update on what's happening on the ESG side of things within Denker Capital. Okay, Claude, let's let's start with you. Claude is portfolio manager of the Denker Sky Equity Fund and the Denker Sky SA Equity Fund. Claude, would you give us just a quick update on how things have gone for the first half of this year? Thanks, Nigel. Um, the portfolio generally has been pretty well positioned in the current environment. So on a year-to-date basis, the Denker Sky Equity Fund is up uh, approximately 16%, while the Denker Sky SA Equity Fund is up approximately 16.7% on a year-to-date basis. And that compares to the CAT SWIX index, which is up just over 13%. And then if we look over the past 12 months, it has been particularly good. The Denker Sky Equity Fund is up 30%, approximately 4% ahead of its benchmark. And the SA Equity product is up approximately 33% which is 5.5% ahead of its uh, particular benchmark. Now, I think it's important to highlight that that outperformance has been fairly broad-based. It hasn't come from any one particular area. Our stock picking and our sector selection has been fairly good. And maybe to provide a little bit more detail, we've done well to avoid some of the poor-performing sectors, in particular gold, over the past 12 months. Um, Our small and mid-cap stock picks have performed extremely well. That is a differentiator in the fund. So the likes of combined motor holdings. Ultron has been a tremendous performer, a lot of value unlocked with the unbundling of Bytes UK. The likes of Pepcor Holdings have also contributed significantly. And in the mid-cap area, the likes of Italtal as well. So generally, fairly broad-based performance and very comfortable with the way the portfolio has performed up until this point. Brilliant, Claude. Thank you. Some great performance numbers there. And uh, just in terms of your positioning now and and thoughts for the next few months? Yeah, Nigel, I, I think we continue to believe that the current environment is supportive of our strategy and the recovering global markets post uh, the COVID, let's call it the reopening sort of trade, as well as rising inflation expectations is pretty good for our current positioning. We remain overweight domestic cyclicals, and this does include our position in the small and mid-cap area, which I have touched on, um, on the performance side, which is a differentiator relative to our peers. So the likes of our positions in Hudeco, 
combined motor holdings, Alviva, Libstar, um, I think are very well positioned in this environment. Our underweight in resources is mainly due to the fact that we don't own gold, but we do have fairly large positions on the platinum side. So Northern Platinum and RB Platts in particular, we think the macro environment still remains supportive of PGMs and uh, commodities in general um, outside of gold. So we do retain our holding in Anglo, Billiton and Sassel. And then we also see opportunities within financials. So Investec has also been a great performer for the portfolio. We have also added Suntum more recently and added to some of our positions in the banks, uh, Nedcore, First Rand and Standard Bank. We believe the bank's earnings are likely to recover fairly sharply. There's potential for them to release provisions. They've been very conservative throughout COVID, plus the benefit of improved uh, the improved endowment effect as interest rates start to rise over the next 12, 18 months. And they will be in a position to start paying their full dividends, we think, uh, certainly within the next six months. And then maybe a final comment on the positioning on the unit trust side in particular. Although we've reduced our offshore holding from around about 30% to 20%, that's proved to be correct given the, the RAND strength more recently. But the offshore holdings add to the currency diversification in the portfolio. We do still believe there's a lot of value in global financials. So approximately 9% of the 20% that we have offshore is actually within global financials. Great. Thanks, Claude. That's superb. Jan, I'm going to pass over to you now. Um, Jan, just to remind everyone, runs the Small Cap Opportunities Fund, the Denka, and sits within the South African Equities team. Jan, same questions to you uh, in terms of performance and positioning. Thanks, Nigel. I'm happy to, to report that we see similar trends that Claude has mentioned on the SA Equities side. So we've seen good performance in the last six months and also in, in, in the last year. Over the first six months of this year, the fund has returned approximately 15.6%. I'm saying approximately because the NAV for June has not officially been struck yet. But uh, if the number comes out there, we would have uh, returned around 230 basis points uh, ahead of the broader indices for, for the first six months. Also, over the last 12 months, the, the fund is up 28.3%. Uh, and that's also uh, ahead of the, the broader indices. But I want to remind people that uh, we do have an absolute return approach here. So we're really trying to achieve real returns uh, in excess of, of cash in this fund. But being ahead of the, uh, the broader indices um, is actually a good performance over, over this period. From a positioning point of view, um, I think it's fair to say that given the recovery in, in equity markets over the last 12 months, the easy money from a recovery point of view is probably being made. But we continue to see very good value in the small cap space. Lots of companies are performing well in this uh, environment. And, and we still think that there is lots of value to be had. If you look at the portfolio uh, overall, the PE multiple of the fund on a weighted basis is still below 10. And the average dividend yield for the companies that are paying dividends is well north of 5%. So we still see lots of opportunity and, and value to be unlocked over the, over the next 12 to 24 months. Thanks, Jan. As you say, very much an absolute return focus. Um, how many counters in the portfolio at the moment? 20, 21? 
Yes, Nigel, there's 19. Uh, one of the counters was delisted uh, and, and taken off the exchange during this uh, period, which has also worked well for us. And I think that number of around 20 is probably good. If you're fully invested, that would mean that on average you have got a 5% exposure to each of those counters. So um, so we, we think that that is more or less where, where, where the fund will stay for a while. We haven't added um, a huge number of counters over the last six months, maybe four that I can think of, and then also uh, replacing uh, the value group that, that was bought back by, by the company. Fantastic. Thanks, Jan. Moving away from local equities, I'm going to, Madelette, I'm going to come across to you now. Madelette heads up our multi-asset franchise uh, within Denker Capital and is the portfolio manager for the balanced fund and the stable fund. Madelette, same question again to you in terms of how the two funds have performed for the first half of this year and how you're positioned. Oh, thank you, Nigel. Um, so the balanced fund uses the sort of best of Denka equity building blocks uh, and has had a good year-to-date and 12 months. So year-to-date, we've delivered just a little bit over 10% on the back of really strong local performance from the local equity team. Uh, And also, we've had a substantial position in the Global Financial Fund, which has also had a good run. Um, And over the last 12 months, sort of in the order of 19% from the balance fund, again, on the back of very strong local equity performance. Just a reminder of what we try to achieve in this fund is to give the clients the exposure to our equity skill set and then to try and mitigate some of the macro risks inherent in our equity positions through the asset allocation. Uh, And so because we are overweight, as Claude highlighted on the domestic cyclicals, we have no other exposure to interest-bearing or South African-sensitive asset classes. So it's a asset classes that do well from better-than-expected domestic growth. So sure. it's really locally and offshore a equity and cash strategy at the moment, and just because of the interest rate sensitivity of our domestic and global equity stock. On Stable Fund, we've had year-to-date performance of 4.9% and 12-month performance of 7.5%. The Stable Fund, just to remind our listeners, uh, is implemented through passive equity allocations and then asset allocation to mitigate risks or to try and give our clients exposures to a variety of potential macro outcomes. Uh, And we think we're delivering on that mandate, even though we've been a little bit disappointed with our relative performance we are not unhappy that we are sort of sticking to the mandate of the fund. And um, in terms of, I know from a positioning point of view with stable Madelette, it's more about your, you know, your thinking in terms of potential scenarios. Anything that particularly concerning you right now or just in terms of positioning? Yeah, so what we have done in both balance and stable fund is we've taken out insurance on drawdown. So we are a little bit worried that market valuations are elevated at an aggregate level. So we see dispersion or opportunities within the market, but on an aggregate level, we're a little bit nervous about valuation. So we have taken out protection against market values. And then just on macro, something that we are worried about, and we haven't yet figured out quite how to mitigate the risks inherent in this for our clients is if you look also at the bond market in the US. So inflation expectations have not over the year changed that much, but what has changed is that the market has become worried about tail risk. 
So the probability of much higher inflation out of the U.S. is rising, even though base case estimates remain for modest inflation. The right-hand tail, the fat right-hand tail, is opening up in if you look at the options market. And that's something we also worry about, that markets are underestimating the risk of substantially higher prolonged inflation in the U.S., uh, and we're not 100% sure what the implications of that would be for asset markets, specifically South African low equity um, investors. Great. Thanks, Madelette. And thank you to the, the three portfolio managers within the team. Lindsay, I'm going to come across to you now. Uh, as I said, you, you um, have a role within the business. You are a portfolio risk and research analyst. So um, you have to keep an eye on these three on a day-to-day basis. But I know you're also very focused on our ESG component. Lindsay, why don't you just give us a quick update in terms of ESG, what's been happening in the last few months, you know, is embedded in our, our process on the local side now. But what has that meant in terms of portfolios, et cetera? Thanks, Nigel. So we integrated ESG into our portfolios in June of last year. And for our local funds, we use MSCI ESG research as a data provider for our company ratings. And one of the major factors that in our decision to use MSCI ESG research was the coverage of SA market. And then also the fact that we could access the data through FactSet, which is our portfolio analytics tool. Um, and that way we were able to integrate it into our process far more seamlessly. So sure. MSCI, they use they use letter ratings and they start from triple A to triple C, with triple A being the highest and triple C being the lowest. And then these letter ratings correspond to scores from 0 to 10, which are the weighted averages of the underlying environmental, social and governance key issue scores. And we have over 65% of our funds invested in companies with triple A to A letter ratings. And we, we don't hold any companies with a triple C rating. We, company controversies are also taken into account and incorporated into these scores. And the controversy rating is based on the severity, the type, and the status of the controversy. So they look at whether you know, the nature and the scale of the impact of the controversy, whether it's structural from an underlying problem with the company or non-structural from pure uh, misfortune or perhaps a rogue employee. And then they look at whether the controversy has been concluded or whether it's an ongoing matter. And then these controversies are rated from 0 to 10, uh, with 0 being the most severe controversy and 10 meaning the company does not have a controversy. Um, and then these correspond to, to color codes. So um, scores 5 to 10 are minor and moderate controversies, and they are color coded green, and the red are severe controversies. And, and for our funds, um, we're quite pleased to say that all the companies we invest in are within the green category. So they are very minor or moderate. Fantastic, Lindsay. So in terms of performance review for the half year, we've really seen some some strong and consistent numbers, which has been great across across the piece within uh, within the, the local equity space and the multi-asset space. And also we're ticking very much the box from our environmental, social and governance perspective in terms of the weightings to the companies that we're invested in, which is which is really fantastic. So thank you, Lindsay, for, for that input. Thanks to all the team. That's it for today. Uh, as always, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to email me, nigel at denkercapital.com or, or give us a call and um, you know we can provide some further background to anything that has been talked about today. But thanks for your time. Thanks to the, the panel. We'll be back again soon. Cheers for now. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you found it interesting. If you would like to join us again, please subscribe for more investment insights. To find out more about our team and the funds we offer, please visit our website at denkercapital.com. 
The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily represent those of Denga Capital. This podcast does not take the circumstances of a particular person or entity into account and is not advice in relation to an investment. Please do not rely on any information without appropriate advice from an independent financial advisor. The value of investments may go down as well as up, and past performance is not a guide to future performance. Denka Capital is an authorized financial services provider in South Africa. Please visit denkacapital.com forward slash disclaimers for the full disclaimer relating to the South African fund mentioned in this episode.